If you brought your Bible, go please to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and the book of Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Habakkuk is in your Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, one of the smaller books toward the end of the Old Testament, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning. We'll start in Habakkuk. The Bible reads there, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by faith. Let's say that together this morning. The righteous will live by faith. One more time. The righteous will live by faith. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I ask you this morning to anoint my lips of clay to teach and preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation that they might hear the word and respond to it in faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to use as a subject this morning a declaration or a confession which I hope all of you will adopt. And it's simply this, I will not die in this desert. Let's say that together this morning, I will not die in this desert. One more time, I will not die in this desert. The Bible speaks to us of the children of Israel. They were brought out of Egyptian bondage by the power of God in a way that was so extraordinary, so Miraculous that none could deny it. It was so powerful that it brought fear and trembling into the heart of the surrounding nations. This people saw the power of God. They saw the parting of the Red Sea and they were able to cross on dry ground. They saw the cloud by day that followed them and protected them from the fierce heat of the desert and the wilderness. They saw the the cloud of fire, the pillar of fire that protected them and gave them light in the night in the dark wilderness. They ate manna from heaven each day of the experience. They drank water out of a rock. They enjoyed the presence of God in a way that no nation had ever experienced the presence of God. And Yet the Apostle Paul writes to us and he says, with most of them... God was not well pleased. And they died in the wilderness. They died in the desert because God was not well pleased with them. 
So it would be an important question for us to ask this morning is how do we please God? Well, the Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That is why this nation, a great number of them died in the wilderness and would not enter into the promised land which God had given to them by inheritance because of their unbelief. Now I want you to understand something about the wilderness and that is that everyone goes through the wilderness sooner or later. God often uses the wilderness places of our life. He uses desert places to shape us, to mold us, to grow us, to uh, make us the men and women that we ought to be. The wilderness experience was not uncommon in the Bible. When you think about Joseph, that young man who had a dream of being a ruler, was for 13 years a prisoner, a slave, far away from his dream. And he went through the wilderness before he could come into the palace. We read about Moses, whom uh, at the age of 40 understood the calling of God on his life, but do to his own impetuous nature and his anger, he killed someone and for 40 years was reduced to life in the, in the wilderness and a shepherd for the flock of his father-in-law. We think about David who was anointed to be the king of Israel, yet for 13 years of his life, he ran for his life from the terror of King Saul until he would be able to receive the crown which God had promised him. Elijah, that great prophet of God, when he was provoked and uh, threatened by Jezebel, went into the wilderness for 40 days and asked God to kill him. He felt uh, it would be better to die than to live. The Apostle Paul, after his miraculous conversion, went three years into Arabia. And it is in that wilderness place that God shaped him uh, into being the great theologian that we know in the New Testament. Even our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now those uh, words don't seem like they go together, do they? The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We always... Uh, we all have uh, wilderness experiences in our life, seasons of difficulty, seasons of, uh, of challenge, seasons that test our faith, te- seasons that cause us to wonder, what is God up to? And whatever happened to my dream? And, and where are the prophecies or the vision that God has given to my heart? And maybe all of us would agree that this pandemic we're living through right now is certainly a wilderness. One which, uh, like most times when we go through a wilderness, we just wish would be over with already. That we'd like to move on from this thing. And maybe you're in a wilderness this morning. Sometimes a wilderness is a place of God's proving. A place where God grows us up. I often speak of the, the university of the wilderness. as that place where God takes His servants so that they can grow and mature in their character in order to become useful in His purpose. Maybe you're in a different type of wilderness. Maybe you're in the wilderness of sin, the wilderness of addiction, or the wilderness of of a a rejection of the of the ways of God, and you've resulted in a a hardship in your life. It's resulted in a dryness in your spirit. Maybe you're going through the wilderness of grief and mourning this morning as you have lost a loved one. Maybe 
you're experiencing the wilderness of fear. As you hear all the bad news and all the trouble around you, it's easy to be afraid. Maybe you're going through the wilderness of lack and poverty today and you don't have all the things that you need or would like to have. Or maybe this morning you're in the wilderness of bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment. And I want to encourage you this morning not to make your wilderness permanent. It's not God's will for you to die in the wilderness. And this morning I I want you to also know this. That you are getting out of the wilderness is up to you. You have to decide I will not die in this wilderness. I will not die in this difficulty. This challenge will not take my faith. It will not take my confidence in God. It will not take my persuasion that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or even imagine. No matter how hard times come or how hard they get, I will trust God. I will not die in this wilderness. Say amen, somebody. Why did they die in the wilderness? The Bible said the just shall live by faith. God was not pleased with them because they were an unbelieving people. And God's people live by faith. That means that we have a lifestyle of faith. You and I live 24 hours a day. We don't live 23 hours a day. We live 24 hours a day. That means that every day of your life, as a believer, you have to live by faith. We don't just live by faith on Sunday and then live by something else on Monday. Every breath we breathe as a believer, we breathe in the knowledge of God and in faith in His power and presence in our life. The just shall live by faith. Why did these people die in the wilderness? Because they stopped living by faith. And you and I will find that the challenges and difficulties of life get longer and more painstaking and more difficult the less uh, we are able or willing to live by faith in the Word of God and in the promises of God. Now there are three reasons I want to mention this morning as to why they died in the wilderness. The first reason is that they died in the wilderness because they said they would. The Bible says that God came to Moses and he said to him, he said, tell these people that they're going to die in the wilderness. I'm going to lay them low in the wilderness because they said they would. When they came to the, to the Jordan River and they, uh, they sent spies across the, the Jordan into the promised land. And the the spies came back and said, the land is beautiful, it's blessed, it's flowing with milk and honey, but there's giants in there, and they're going to devour us. And the people began to murmur and complain against God, and they said, why have you brought us here to kill us in the wilderness? They said, we're going to die in the wilderness. And so God said, all right, you said you'll die in the wilderness, so I'll let you have what you say. I think we should take a warning from that this morning, don't you? Whatever difficulty you're going through, be it small or great, be careful what you say. The Bible said the power of life and death is in your tongue. You, We all go through the wilderness. We all go through deserts. But some people die there because of their tongue. Could it be that your mouth is killing you this morning? 
You've got to be careful what you say. Be careful what you speak. When you're going through difficulty and trial, don't start talking about I'm not going to make it and I'm going to die here and this is it and I, I've, I've gone as far as I can because you will have what you say. And out of the mouth, uh, out of the mouth comes, the Bible says, you will, you will eat the bread of your lips. You'll eat the bread of your words. And so your life is coming out of your mouth. And I would encourage you uh, to be like this to be like Joshua and Caleb, who came and spoke words of faith. And they said, we can take the promised land. And we can have victory. And we can overcome. Come on, somebody. Fill your mouth with word, the word of God. The, 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 the voice of faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The voice of faith says, I am healed by the Lord. The voice of faith says, by his stripes, I am healed. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. For this is the inheritance of the children of God. Come on, somebody. Is there a voice of faith in the house of God this morning? Too many people die in the wilderness because they have spoken against their own life. They've spoken against their own future. They've spoken against their own hope. The Bible says, as a man, as a man thinketh, so is he. What comes out of your mouth was first in your mind. And what's in your mind is going to produce your life. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you've made up your mind and said, I'm not going to die in the wilderness, I'm not going to die in this desert, then fill your mouth with the word of God and don't let anything contradict what God has spoken to you in his word. Because the word of God is like a hammer. It shatters the rock. I know your circumstances may be challenging. I know the picture in front of you may be dark and bleak. But the word of God is able to destroy every power of darkness. Able to shatter the rock and rewrite the script of your life. Come on somebody. Fill your mouth with the word of God. Fill your mouth with the promises of God over your life. And make that your decision. I'm not going to die in this wilderness. I'm not going to talk about dying in this wilderness. I'm not planning to die in this wilderness. I'm planning to live. I'm planning to thrive. I'm planning to be blessed. I'm planning to be a blessing. Come on, somebody. I'm planning to do good and to be a vessel that God can use. The Bible tells us that the second reason they died in the wilderness was because they refused to believe God. They were unbelieving. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 2 that the people of Israel, they knew a lot. It says that they, they knew all the things God could do. They knew about God's power. And they didn't just know it intellectually, they had seen it. They had seen the parting of the Red Sea. They had walked through the, the sea on dry ground. They had experienced the manna. They ate it, they tasted it, they drank that water, and yet they died because they, Hebrews says they refused to mix what they knew with faith. They had a lot of knowledge about God, but they did not believe Him. And unbelief will always keep you out of the promises of God, and unbelief will always kill you in the wilderness. You have two choices, only two. You're either a believer or a non-believer. You either believe God or you don't. 
And, and too many times we find ourselves, again, our mouth saying on Sunday, I believe God, I can do all things through Christ. And then on Monday, oh boy, I don't think I'm going to make it. This is probably going to be the end. I'm probably going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my job. No, you can't believe and be unbelieving. You've got to make up your mind. I say you've got to make up your mind and decide, I believe God. And no matter if the mountain looks bigger than you, you say, I believe God. No matter if the doctor has a bad report, you say, I believe God. No matter the challenge you face, if you're a believer, you're a believer. Shout amen and stand in faith. Stand in that, in that bedrock, in that foundation of the unshakable word of the living God. I know in whom I have believed said the apostle and I am persuaded that he is able come on somebody do you know him I said do you know him this morning and are you persuaded that he is able do you know that he can this nation died because they refused to mix what they knew about God with faith many of you grew up in church in Sunday school but you can't just know it you have to believe You have to mix faith in with it. Some of you did not grow up in church, but you've been in church long enough. You know enough. There are 7,000 promises in the Bible. You don't have to know all of them. Just one will do you. If you believe it. Come on, somebody. If you believe it, God's, God's word will work in your life. I said, if you believe it, God's word will work in your life. Number three, they died in the wilderness because they tested God. God said to Moses, this people has put me to the test. In other words, they put God on trial. They questioned his goodness by bringing them into the wilderness to die. They questioned his power. Questioning whether or not he could give them the promised land. He questioned his wisdom by saying it would have been better for us to have stayed in Egypt. They put God on trial. And God said, because you put me on trial, I'm going to lay you low in the wilderness. But there was a man, there were two men in that, in that generation that stood up. And rather than put God on trial, they decided to cooperate with God. Their name was Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb, rather than putting God to the test and saying, why did God do this? And why did God do that? And why now? And why me? Instead, they said, we are able. We are able to go up and take this country. And we are able to possess it. And they began to cooperate with God. Let me just ask you something this morning. Are you cooperating with God? Come on, you have to decide, I'm not going to die in this wilderness. And if you're not going to die in the wilderness, then you have to cooperate with God. That means you say what God says to say. And you do what God says to do. And you are cooperating with God when you worship, when you praise. When you, when you don't let your circumstances rob you of the praise and worship that is due, the name of the Lord. You cooperate with God when you pray. 
When you believe in prayer, when you pray in faith and you expect for answers to come from the hand of God. There are some people who have died in the wilderness for refusal to cooperate. Refusal to go along with God. They have a temper tantrum in the wilderness and they die there. But not you. You will not die in this wilderness. I said you will not die in this wilderness. I call you this morning to cooperate with the living God. To rise up and to say what God says. And to do what God does. And to go where God goes. And to know that God is able to do those things that he has promised in his word to do. When you cooperate with God. When you come alongside of him. To believe him. To trust him. You'll discover that he does all the heavy lifting. He does all the hard work. It's simply your job to walk by faith. I said it's your job to walk by faith. It's your job to make to take every step in obedience to the voice of the living God. You've got to decide this morning. I will not die in this wilderness. I'm going to live. Even if I'm in the wilderness, I'm going to live. Because the just shall live by faith. I said the just shall live by faith. I'm not planning on dying. I'm planning on living. Come on somebody. You've got to make up your mind this morning. Because if you don't, somebody else will. You have an enemy who wants to destroy you in the wilderness. He wants to destroy your family in the wilderness. But you make up your mind. You are the righteous. You are the just. And this is how we live. We don't live in unbelief and doubt. We don't live in maybe so. We believe by, we live by faith. We believe by, we live by believing in the word of the living God and in his power to act on our behalf. Are there any believers in the house of God this morning? The Bible says that Elijah was in a wilderness. Elijah, the prophet of God, had said, it will not rain until I give the word. This was God's judgment on the nation of Israel. They had rejected him, they had rejected his word, and they had gone to worship foreign gods. Now Elijah gave the word, it will not rain until I say so, and then he had an option. He could have, he could have turned his back on the nation of Israel and walked off into the wilderness, but instead he decided I'm not gonna die in this wilderness. And I'm not gonna let this nation die in this wilderness. And he called them to Mount Carmel. And he, he said, we're going to build two altars. And the God that answers by fire, he's going to be God. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody in here that is fighting for a family? Fighting for a nation that says we cannot die in this wilderness. I don't know what you're facing. And I don't know what has robbed you. But I know one thing. That there is a God who answers by fire. There is a God who answers prayer. Come on somebody. You and I have to be that prophet to America today. That says we're not going to die in this wilderness. I'm not going to give up my country. And I'm not going to give up this city. Because there is a God that answers by fire. He still sends revival. He still sends power to the church. Come on. Is there a church in here this morning? I said, is there a church in here this morning? This is, this is the, the thing that, that is burning in the heart of the prophet. 
This is God's people. This is God's land. This is God's nation. I can't sit by and let the devil take it. I can't sit by and let Baal be God. No. He said the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. And then he began to pray. And he said Lord send the fire. Come on somebody. Is there anybody praying? I said is there anybody praying for revival? For awakening? For a move of God in our land today? Well, I don't know. It's very, it's worse than I've ever seen it. I don't know if the church is going to make it through this. I don't know if my kids are going to make it through this. You're going to die in the wilderness with that. Come on, is there anybody in here who's made up your mind? I'm not going to die in the wilderness. I'm going to pray until the fire falls. I'm going to fast until the fire falls. Come on, where is the prayer life of the church? I said, where is the prayer life of the church? It's time for a church on its knees. It's time for a church praying in the power and the name of Jesus. You see, there is a God who answers prayer. But he only answers prayer. If you don't pray, he doesn't answer. You have not because you ask not. Elijah said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. And the fire did fall. And revival did come. And those prophets of Baal were destroyed. And the rain did fall. Why? Because one man decided, I'm not going to die in this wilderness. We read about... The lepers who were sitting at the gate of the city of Samaria. Samaria had been taken by siege. It was surrounded by 180 soldiers of the Assyrian army. Inside the city there was famine. Things were so bad that mothers were eating their dead babies. Listen, if you do things your way, if you do things the world's way, things will get bad in a hurry. And right there at the gate of the city were four lepers. Four men who had nothing to lose and nothing to live for. They, they knew if we go in the city, we'll die of hunger. And they won't let us in anyway because we're lepers. And then they knew out here is an army of 180,000 men who are armed to the teeth and ready to destroy. And yet something rose up in their heart. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. I said the just shall live by faith. Is there any faith in the house of God this morning? Listen, don't tell me about how impossible it is, about how difficult it is. God is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the difficult. Come on, somebody. They were in an impossible situation. The city was starving to death. The army was on the outside, but they said, why sit we here until we die? In other words, we're not going to die in this wilderness. We're not just going to sit here and let things happen. We're not just going to sit here and wait for death to come. We're not just going to sit here and let our family be destroyed. We're not just going to sit here and wait and see how bad it gets. No, they said we will do something. They said, let us get up and go into the camp of the Assyrians. They had an idea. They said, you know what, let's go attack that army. Four lepers 
Uh, four, four strong, healthy men would have been a stretch, but four lepers was practically a waste of an idea. They said, we're going to go attack that army. Here's what they were thinking. At the very least, they'll make us prisoners of war, and then they'll have to feed us. And we won't, we won't still be lepers, but at least we won't be hungry. Come on, somebody. But the Bible says they got up at twilight. They, be, they got up as the day began to dawn. And just at that moment, God got up with them. Come on. There were four lepers, but there was actually a fifth man walking with them. Come on, somebody. The just shall live by faith. Oh, I want God to move. Well, get up. I want God to do something. Get up. I want God to do a miracle. Get up. The just shall live by faith. You have to walk the walk of faith. Come on, somebody. Is there any faith in the house of God tonight, this morning? The just shall live by faith. And when they got up, God got up. And they started walking toward the Assyrians. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord came into the camp of the Assyrians. And he caused a confusion. And they began to fight one another. And by the time the lepers arrived, most of that army was destroyed by a single angel from God. And the rest of them had run home. And the, and those, those tents were filled with food. And those wardrobes were filled with brand new clothes. And those lepers sat at those tables and they ate a feast. Why? Because my God is able to set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Come on. The just shall live by faith. The just will walk by faith. These men saw the miraculous hand of God working on behalf of the nation and on their behalf because they believed God. Because they decided we're not going to die in this wilderness. We're not going to die in this place of defeat. This place of lack and shame. We're going to rise up. We're going to take our place as the righteous. What does the Bible say about the righteous? What does the Bible say about you? This psalmist David said, I have, I have been young and, I have, and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Come on, he said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Are you the righteous? You say, how do I become righteous? You, you have faith in Jesus. So let's do a little check. Are you, do you have faith in Jesus? Then guess what? You're the righteous. Let the righteous say amen. And what did the psalmist say? He said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Come on. You are not forsaken. You are not forgotten. You are not left to die. Your God is with you. And he's fighting for you. And he's fighting beside you. He said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. That's your position. That's your inheritance. That belongs to you. That promise is yours this morning. The just shall live by faith. So if God said, I'll never be forsaken, then why should I let this, why should I decide that I'm just going to die in the wilderness? Why should I let my challenges determine the outcome of my life? There's a woman. She has a 12-year issue of blood. Doctors can't cure her. She's gone to doctors and, and instead of growing better, she's gotten worse. Every 
possible answer has been exhausted. But then she heard that Jesus was coming through town. And she had a thought. She had a faith thought. And she said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. What did she decide? She decided, I'm not going to die in this wilderness. I'm not going to die of this disease. I'm not going to die in this place of defeat and weakness and shame. I'm going to get out of here. And she said, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I know that if I touch him, I'll be made whole. And so she got out into that crowd, that vast multitude of people. Everybody's trying to get to Jesus. Everybody wants a minute with him. Everybody's trying to touch him. Everybody wants a miracle. But not everybody was walking by faith. You see, God doesn't respond to need. God responds to faith. God is pleased by faith. So she went out and she reached for the hem of his garment. And when she touched his garment, just his clothes, the Bible says instantly she was healed of her plague. Instantly she was delivered of that which had afflicted her for 12 years. Come on somebody. I'm talking about the just shall live by faith. I said the just shall live by faith. There is a power that can turn back the power of death. That can turn back the power of disease. That can turn back the power of fear. It is the power of the almighty God. But that power can only be accessed by the righteous. And the righteous shall only access it by faith. She touched him and Jesus stopped. He said, who touched me? Of course... Peter had all the answers. He said, Lord, you're in a crowded street. If we had to evacuate this church right now, this hallway is kind of narrow, I guarantee you'd touch somebody. That's the kind of streets they were walking through. Peter said, "There, there there are a lot of people here, Lord, and everybody's been touching you. This is no time to be OCD. He said, no, I know someone touched me. Everybody had touched him, but only one person touched him by faith. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to die in this wilderness. You said, Pastor, how can I guarantee I won't die in this wilderness? If you have some faith, you can touch the hem of his garment and be made whole. Come on, somebody. If you have some faith, you can see God change the most desperate situation of your life. He said, I felt power come out of me. That power is available to you this morning. It's available to the believer. It's not available to the unbeliever. It's available to the believer. So I want you to make up your mind this morning. I'm not going to die in this wilderness. I'm not going to die in this crisis. I'm not going to die in this storm. I don't know what your storm is. I don't know what your crisis is. I don't know what your wilderness is. But I know one thing. You don't have to die there. 
I say you don't have to die there. Because God has put within you faith that moves mountains. Faith that makes the impossible possible. Faith that is able to shake the very core of a nation. Come on. Is there a believer in the house of God this morning? Come on. Stand with me please. All over this room. First thing I want you to do. Just lift your hands to heaven. And start worshiping God. Just worship Him.